0: Catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning, August 25th. I'm Elliot Trito, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Florida has seen an overwhelming number of tourists visit the state in the past few months. With Florida's waters still facing the dangers of pollution, cruise ships are a contributing factor. I spoke with WUFT's Marlena Carrillo on how overtourism could affect the pristine waters in Florida. Here's Marlena.
1: I participated in the Watershed Project under Cynthia Barnett's oversight, which was a collaboration with WUFT News and the Pulitzer Center to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act. And I wrote a story about Florida's tourism and how it's actually affecting Florida's bodies of water.
0: In your article, Loving Florida, Losing Florida, you started it by telling us about a married couple, Jeff Bauman and Trish Pleasant. Can you tell me the relevance to your story?
1: Yeah, so when I started this story, I knew I wanted to focus on cruise ships in Key West, but I didn't want to get too global of a perspective. I really wanted to see someone locally in Key West and talk to them about how tourism impacts them. And Jeff Bowman and Trish Pleasant, they run an eco-tourism business, which allows them to participate in tourism without affecting the environment negatively. They work as ethically as possible and as efficiently as, as possible and sustainably. I felt like they were such a great perspective because not only can they talk about how tourism has impacted waters personally from their perspective, but they also form a solution in a sense of a way to visit these bodies of water that we love and still leaving them behind better than you found them for the next person to see.
0: One thing a lot of people saw during the pandemic was how there was a lesser amount of pollution in the water due to fewer cruise ships. Can you expand upon how you brought that up in your article?
1: Yeah, so during the pandemic, it was actually a sensation across the world that people were noticing that the environment was actually shaping up it was seeing an improvement without so much human activity interfering. And so that's actually a term, they created a term for this time period called the Anthropause, which is you know, a time where there's less human productivity and human activity than before. And it was really awesome because I think it definitely inspired people not only could they change the toxic methods of tourism they had going on, but they actually knew that we would be seeing a change because they saw it during the pandemic. They saw the water getting clearer. They saw the wildlife and the vegetation improving. And so I think that definitely gave them a jumping off point to start these bigger conversations. And there's a lot of hope in the conversation because they can see an example of how this How these actions would succeed
0: you have a section in your article called destination movement which talks about florida tourism organizations like visit florida receiving a lot of criticism why is that
1: i think visit florida gets criticism not because of anything they're doing badly but just because of the areas they don't cover you know you see a lot of promotion to go places like theme parks and to go to disney world of course but there's a lot of smaller you know, destinations that you can see and that you can see in a more responsibly ethical way like ecotourism, and that just wasn't getting covered by Visit Florida. So I think that's kind of how some of these smaller tourism businesses feel. And I think that gives them the opportunity to promote their own platform and inspire Visit Florida to start promoting those platforms in the future.
0: So my last question for you is, what if I live in a landlocked area in Florida and this doesn't affect me? Why should I care about this?
1: Especially this story in particular, it talks about tourism as a whole because maybe it doesn't affect you if our oceans are getting polluted, but it actually absolutely does. Our water is so important to our state. We are surrounded by water. And not only that, but if someone's willing to participate in a big corporation that is indirectly harming one part of the environment in the water, then they're absolutely going to see that happening on land. And they're going to see that everywhere they live, where someone might come to visit it. And so I think having that perspective allows you to worry about tourism all across the the country, but also to worry about the environment. Every piece of our environment deserves to be protected. And I think every piece is somewhat vulnerable and that's why you need to focus on everything.
0: That was WUFT's Marlena Carrillo on how cruise ships have affected Florida's pristine waters in her article, Loving Florida, Losing Florida. Now let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. With kids back in Florida schools, doctors trust the importance of vaccines. According to WUSS Stephanie Colombini, pediatricians are using the start of a new school year to encourage families to ensure kids are caught up on vaccinations, including routine shots against measles and polio and ones that protect against COVID-19. Florida has some of the country's lowest COVID-19 vaccination rates for children as the coronavirus continues to spread around the state. The state hasn't published reports from this past school year, so it's unclear whether vaccination rates among students improved. However, some pediatricians anecdotally say they saw upticks as coronavirus shutdowns ended and people felt more comfortable returning to health facilities. With rapid population growth, experts say that damages at a Category 5 hurricane, like Hurricane Andrew, could be four times as costly as it was 30 years ago. According to WFTS Tampa Bay's Stacy almost its price tag was about $26 billion in damages and $15 billion in insurance costs. With just the cost of inflation today, Andrew's damages would be double what they were in 1992 at about $50 billion. Swiss Re, a global reinsurer for several insurance companies in Florida, said that their models predict a current-day Hurricane Andrew at $120 billion, at least half of that insurance cost. Florida saw nearly average temperatures in the last month, but below average precipitation in much of the state. According to Florida Public Radio Emergency Network's Melissa Faito, the Panhandle generally saw normal or below normal temperatures. At the same time, the rest of Florida experienced near-normal or slightly above-normal temperatures. In addition, tropical activity in the Atlantic remains unusually low this season. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Elliot Tritto, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Thursday! Thank you